what they're doing because they don't know the love of, of God. But if we're founded on the love of God, we know that God loves us, then it's, you know, if someone bullies us, it's not like it's, I have my self-worth in that, so I feel so angry or I feel so down. It's more like, I feel sorry for you. And so then it doesn't devastate us because our hope, our faith, and our foundation of who we are is not in what somebody else does, but in the love of God. So I'm going to start with this scripture when we talk about the love of God is the foundation of loving one another. And um, this is in 1 John. Actually, we're going through uh, verse 7 through 12. And it starts out, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So let's pray. Father, help us to understand your love, because you are love. And that so we can love one another and we can show others. Because if they don't love, it's because they don't know you. So we ask for your wisdom today, this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. And you see that word where it says, dear friends. Again, that's an English translation. Actually, the Greek is agapetos. Agapetos is, really means be, beloved, but um, those who are loved. In other words, those who are loved. Let us, agapao, love one another. And that's godly love. You know, in the Greek, there's three words for love. That's that godly love that's just giving and pouring out. And you have the phileo love, which is more like, really, um, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We love each other. And then you have eros, which is sexual lust, really. And so this is agape love. So what it really says when it says, dear friends, it's those who are loved. Okay, the first thing it starts out with is we need to know that we are loved. We are loved by God. He gave us that love. So those who are loved, let us agape love one another. Okay, for love comes from God. If we don't know his love for us, then we can't love one another. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Now that word um, child there, genau, it means born. Everyone, some versions say everyone who is born of God. So that's, that's all that thing we talk about, about being born again. They get so watered down because everybody says, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, all the politicians say they're born again. Um, but what it is is, is we're born of God. And remember, now we're talking, the scientists have found out about epigenetics. It's, it's so recent, but you can look it up. And a good one is, you know, look up online the 700 Club epigenetics, and they show you how you know, the DNA from your parents and grandparents, are just like the Bible has said, that, you know, since the Old Testament times, is passed down. Third and fourth generation. It's passed down. So what it is when we are born again, we are born in God and his spiritual DNA is passed down to us. If we can put it that way for better understanding of what's happening. 
So we're born of God because that's the only way we can love is have His love, is to be born of Him. Now His DNA can be passed down into us. You want to put that, His spiritual DNA. And then we can begin to love. That's why we need to be born again into His family and who He is and be children of Him. And see, we can't change ourselves he changes us. He starts changing us. And so those who are now born again, born of God and knows God, and that word knows is gnosko in the Greek, and what that means is to know by experience. So if you, you have to know his love, not just read about it, Talk about it. Oh, the Bible says God is love, but to experience that love, to know He loves us. And, but anyone who does not love does not know, hasn't experienced the love of God for them because God is love. And so that's what we're here to change. The, the 1 John 4 continues to say, God showed how much He loved by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Again, if, if we want to, we think about, okay, does God really love me? Well, just on the chance that you would accept him because he gave you free will, he's not going to force you, he's not going to make you his slave and make you, but just on the chance, his son, his only son, suffer and die for you. That's his love because he wanted you to be a part of his family so much, to be with him forever and ever with him in, in his family, in his place. And so that's how much he loved us. And again, a lot of people, they think, uh, oh, if God loves me, then why does all this horrible stuff happen to me in this world? Or, in, you know, we see wars and suffering and death and so on. Again, it's out of his love that these things continue. He doesn't do it, but he gives us free choice because he's not wanting slaves. He's wanting children. And so he gives you your free choice and people choose all this stuff. And we can't wait till he comes back and then all of that will be ended. And there will only be love and peace and joy. And this will be all ended. But um, I'm so glad he waited until I could accept him. He didn't come back before that. So I can be there. And so it says in Revelation, he's asking us to wait. You know, will you wait a little longer so others can come? So it's, it continues because of his love. He, you know, these other, he loves just as much as any of us. And he wants them to be able to come and be in his kingdom with him too. And so he's, He's asking us, will you wait a little longer in this? And in the meantime, I will work everything for good because I'm all-powerful. Even what you might think is bad in this life, if we're following after him, you know, because we've got to choose. We want to do our own way, then we're not choosing his way. Um, but if we choose his way and just say, God, help me, because we're not perfect. We're not going to be perfect in it. But help me, help me do your way. Then he will work all things out for good, even in this world, through everything. And he's, he's proven it over and over and over again to me 
personally over the 40 years I've been following after him. And even the worst things I thought in my life um, turned out to be, I'm so thankful afterwards. And so he will work that all out for good. And this is real love, not that we loved God, but he loved us. Again, the foundation is he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And so again, we cannot do it. It's his, as we allow him, he changes us. So just stop trying. Stop struggling to be good enough to be accepted by him. And allow him to change us. And just be grateful and rest in peace and be thankful that he loves us that much and choose to allow him to, to change us. So First John 4 continues and says, again, beloved, those who are loved by God, since God loved us so much, okay? So those who are loved by God, since God loved us so much, we surely ought to love each other. Not because I have to, because I got to be a good boy, a good girl enough to earn his love or I want to be proud that I'm a good Christian. See, I'm a good Christian. I love everybody because that's not God's love. But it would, if we, the more we know how much he loves us, it will just flow. It will just start flowing out of us, and that's all. And if not, we just ask him to change us. We got to give him the right. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks and says, will you let me in? He doesn't force his way in. But if we love each other, God lives in us. And love is brought to full expression in us. That word full expression in the, in the Greek means mature and complete. So those who are mature in God, that love will be expressed. And how does, how does a child mature? I mean, if they struggle and fight to mature faster, do they mature faster? It's a natural process that God put in us as his children. So in the same way, he will mature. But on the other hand, we can choose not to allow his hand to do it. And that will stop it. That's the difference there. And I want to show you this other scripture here. Because that's what we're going to be talking about. Different ways to show love to one another. How do we show love to one another? One, do not judge others. And you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard which you will be judged. And I got to tell you the truth, for a lot of my Christian life, because I didn't understand the love of God, I thought, oh no, he's judging, he's ju-. You know, we think that way. He's going to judge me the way I judge. I, I, you know, because I'm thinking like how I'm thinking of a judgmental God in that sense. When he's saying, don't judge. And it's really coming out, it comes out of his love again. If we can choose to judge others by grace like he judges us, by his grace and forgiveness and love, or harshly. But see, we're choosing that the two sides of the coin come together. And so we're choosing not to be under his grace and so on and mercy. But, you know, we, we fall short all the time. It's just our, you know, oh, I, you know what? I judge people all the time. 
And I, gotta, I go to the Lord and say, forgive me, Lord. I didn't even realize it, but I did it again. Help me. See, it's a heart thing. He looks at the heart, not the outside, because he knows where we're not mature, sons and daughters of his yet. But we allow him to, to change us. It's our heart to follow after him. And so how, as we talk about loving one another, how wife, I'll give you four reasons why we shouldn't judge one another. Okay, four reasons why we shouldn't judge one another. Um, first one, we have never walked in their shoes. Okay. Um, there's a well-known Christian writer and leader and um, brought many thousands of people to Christ. And um, one day the Lord gave him a vision. His name is Rick Joyner. And the Lord gave him a vision of a homeless drunkard walking in an alley, and a cat walked in front of his path, and the guy wanted to kick the cat, and he stopped himself. And then the Lord told him what that guy just did was greater in his eyes than all the things that he, Rick Joyner did. I mean, he brought thousands and thousands of people to Christ, and this guy just didn't kick a cat. And the Lord said, in my eyes, that was greater. Because, see, he grew up in a loving Christian home. Intact, loving Christian home, praying parents, praying great, you know, uh, grandparents, praying for him, love surrounding him learning how to pray from them and read the word and going to a Christian camp as a, as a, young, uh, as a, you know, a young child and, and accepting Christ there, going to a Christian school and having all the opportunities, going to seminary. But this other man, he was an orphan and went from Foster home to foster home to foster home being abused physically, sexually, mentally, emotionally, in every way, not, not knowing or having love. And uh, this person who not knowing any love and full of anger and hurt, and this cat walks in front of him and he, he stops. And you see, this is why he says, don't judge one another. You've never walked in their shoes. You might say, well, my friend went through something similar, and they're not like you. Well, it, you, we cannot judge. You don't know. Every situation is different. You can't say, I wouldn't do that, right? I wouldn't do what you're doing. You never walked in their shoes. And if, if you did, maybe we'd be worse. And so, don't judge. Only God knows the heart. So we don't judge. Okay? We still can tell people, you know, God says that we should do things this way. You know, if you love someone and you see them, they're walking to over a cliff, you know. You know if they go that way, which is against God's righteous laws, why does he give those? Because good laws bring freedom and peace and joy. And I know I've said it before, but... You know, imagine after church, driving down the street and coming the other way or a bunch of cars speeding at 100 miles an hour, 
coming down your lane right through the, the red light, would you have, wow, what a joy it is to drive? <laughs> or would it be terror? And see, good laws make for freedom and joy. And, and that's what he wants for us. And that's why he's the manufacturer. He wrote the manual. He says, don't go that way. It's not good for you. I know. And if we see someone walking over, the, we will try and stop them out of love. Not like, what's the matter with you? I'm not doing that. You're bad. I'm good. I'm telling you, don't go that way. It's, it's not out of love. And, you know, I, I teach a lot of missionaries, and, you know, I'm telling them, you know, when we, when we share the gospel, you know, I've talked with people, they, they'll, like, say, go to Thailand, it's a Buddhist country, and, and they say, you know, worshiping Buddha is stupid. He's the devil. And, you know, you just call them and all their parents and grandparents stupid idiots. Um, would that help you come to Christ? You know, if I'm walking this way and you're walking the other way and you're going to Burger King and I'm going to McDonald's and I tell you, don't go to Burger King. It's stupid. It's dumb. Their food is junk. You, you stupid, you come with me right now. Uh, would you feel like coming with me? But if I come out of love and say, I miss you. I haven't seen you so long. I want to, what's been happening in your life? I want to, I just miss you, being with you. Will you come with me to McDonald's? I'll treat you just so we can sit down and, and talk. As I, you know, I really want to know what's been happening with you. Okay, would you be more willing to come with me? Because it's out of love now. So we don't say, you know, to, to people, oh, you're, you're doing this or you're doing that. You're... You know, and, and one of the things we say to homosexuals and lesbians is, you are an abomination. You are evil. You are bad. I'm not doing that. Maybe if you grew up in their shoes, you would be, or worse. So we tell them out of love, you know, our manufacturer says, don't do that. You're going to, it's heading to a crash and burn. Because I love you, I'm telling you, but I'm not personally judging you. It's just because it's, it's good for you. The manufacturer says it that way. And for any of those things, it's out of his love. God's love will draw them to himself with cords of love. And so that's, we haven't walked in their shoes, so we don't judge. You don't want us, you know, I want God to judge me with his grace and love, not how I judge. Um, two, we don't know the spiritual powers attacking them. And this one day, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, God had asked me to lead this time where we prayed over all the human sacrifice hails over all across the islands of Hawaii. Just asking God to forgive because he says, man is made in my image. Don't kill him. That's what he told Noah when he came out of the ark. And, the, you know, the devil, that's the main thing, he, why he wants to kill man. It, it gives the most power to witchcraft. That's their ultimate sacrifice. He can't kill God, so he's going to kill man made in the image of God. And as we went and repented for what the, the human sacrifice, 
that we as Hawaiians have done, you know, in the past. Um, God says he forgives and will heal the land because what we do on the land, it happens on the land. And people, you know, will point to that as one of the main things that happen to see the change that's happening in the Hawaiian community today. Um, from a real hatred towards God and it's turning. And, but see, you know, now that cut out the, the power stronghold, the right and the power of the principality of Polynesia because he's really over all of Polynesia. You know, I could explain to you about that. And we cut his rights off to the island, his power base, severely. And he he's, was angry. We're in a war. And he was angry. And he's attacked us in ways that, you know, tried to kill us and tried to make us fall in so many ways that only someone who has taken down the stronghold of a principality over a people or a nation or a, a region will understand. I can't, I can't even explain it, really, how, how much that is. But um, I was reading about King David and how he says in the Psalms, I love your law. I want to follow your law. I will follow your law. And then what does he do? Commit premeditated rape and premeditated murder. And I was judging him. See, like I say, I do it all the time. Don't feel like I, I'm so perfect in, in that. And I was judging him. I was saying, wow, David, what's the matter with you? You're a liar? You say you love his law and you love God's law and you're going to follow and you do this? And I was judging him. Basically, it's saying that I wouldn't do what you're doing. And I felt this gentle but strong rebuke from the Lord that you are judging my son. And I was like, whoa, okay, God. And what he said was, um, you know, David was the king of God's people through whom Jesus would come who would save the world. And he said, you don't even understand the principalities and powers that were attacking him. The Satan himself and his most powerful principalities and powers. You just, uh, you just dealt with the principality of Polynesia. I'm talking about the most powerful principalities in the world. And the devil himself attacking him. And if you were in his shoes, um, you might have fallen faster and bigger. But for the grace of God. So we don't come judgmental because but for the grace of God, we might be there in their shoes. And so all we feel is compassion and love for those who have fallen. Yeah, compassion and love for David. His heart was to follow after God. And I can't judge him to pray. I could say, yes, I know that was wrong. But compassion and love for, for him that's fallen to pray for him. Same like Christian leaders who have fallen. Bigger principalities attack. Because, you know, when a leader falls or a pastor falls, sheep get scattered. Because just like what I'm telling you from here is all a lie. Or God's not strong enough to save me. He's not strong enough to save you. And, you know, the sheep get devastated. Just don't judge. Because if you were in that position, you might fall even sooner. You don't understand what's attacking. So we humility and grace and love, and so we don't judge. 
Third, we all think our way is the best and the right way to do things. Come on, admit it. You know, plus, you know, my parents are smart parents, and my grandparents are smart grandparents. So, you know, uh, of course, the way they taught me is smart, because if your way was better than mine, they would have taught me your way. Yeah. And that's what I, I share when I go and, and teach missionaries, too. Like you heard Steve saying, when he, he showers in the morning, you know how I was raised? I would come in from playing as a young boy, and my mom would say, you have to take a bath before you go to bed. I'm tired. I don't want to. I, you're stink. You're dirty. You, you're bad. You need to take a bath every night before you go to bed. So what do you think I thought the first time I met someone like Steve who takes a bath in the morning? <laughs> what do you think I thought? <laughs> <laughs> and we judge but you know what maybe living in Hawaii where it's humid and hot all the time that makes sense right when you, you take a you bathe when it's cooler and every day because it's like that but maybe if you're living in Michigan during the winter and it's cold you, you know taking a bath at night would be I mean, maybe it's better to take it when it's warmer and not every day because the humidity is so low and it's cold and you don't perspire that much. Bathing every day might, you know, damage your skin and, yeah, you know, just taking all your oils off all the time. But my way is right and best. Steve's way is wrong. You see? You see what we do? Okay. But everybody does it. They wouldn't be doing it their way if they thought it was stupid. So we don't judge. And uh, my way is not always the, the best and right way. Um, you know, we'll be talking more about loving one another in, in, in marriage and family <laughs> next month. But, you know, um, marriage is a good way because you have to live. Opposites attract, but now you've got to live with that person. Yeah. And, uh, you, know, you know, Yolanda and I had major fights over putting dishes on the dish rack. Because for me, the dish rack is made where they, they make it slanted a certain way, so you put the dishes that way, so it'll dry the best. It's logical, and it's the best and smartest way to do it. It's made that way. And we get in huge fights because she would stack it any kind of up anyway. <laughs> Don't worry, I, I won't be in the doghouse when I go home. But the thing is, is you know, uh, when finally I wasn't judgmental enough, and it took a long time, fighting for years, okay, to say why do you want to do it that way? Because um, it makes me happy. <laughs> we did. <laughs> We don't have one anymore. Are you in a dishwasher? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, okay, so it, it makes her happy. So what's smarter, being logical or happy? Okay, what's smarter? What's right? 
right? What, you know, so we're, you know, we, that's why I mean we judge one another and so on. But if we think, okay, what's, you know, what's better? And, and what's better for me? Having my wife do it the way I want or having her be happy? And it might take a few seconds longer for the, for the dishes to dry, but so what? It's dried. Okay, the fourth reason I'm going to give you today is we don't know their heart. Only God knows the heart. Okay? So maybe they're going through a real tough time and they're not, they're not mature yet at that point. We don't know their heart. Why, what are they going through in their life? And maybe if we were in their life where they're going through, we would be acting worse. So we don't judge because we don't know their heart, unless we don't want God to judge us like that. No, I, I want him to judge me with the grace that he does. And, you know, because God looks at the heart, sometimes, you know, uh, we think that, okay, I wouldn't do what you just did. So that means this or that, because I wouldn't have done that. But again, we never walked in their shoes. We don't know what they're going through. So we, we don't judge. Because I'm better than you because I wouldn't do what you're doing. Yeah? Or if you really cared, you wouldn't be doing that. If you really cared. Because I wouldn't be doing that. Uh, you know how many fights start like that? In marriage, in families in churches, and we cannot judge one another because we don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll share you one of my big shortcomings for me as being a pastor is I can't remember names. Unless it's repeated to me over and over and, and I keep on, you know, for a long period of time, I, I don't. And I, I'm asking the Lord, why didn't you make me like a politician who can remember everybody's name, you know, they ever met 20, 30, 40 years ago, and they remember their name? Because I know people look at that as you care about me and, and love me, right? And so I want that, and I'm praying, for, Lord, help me, okay? I want that, but for some reason, my brain, uh, unless it's repeat, I can't remember, and I know who you are, but I can't remember. And you might think that I don't want people to, 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 you know, I'm saying, God, help me, because, you know, people will think, because, yeah, a lot of people are like that, that if you cared enough, you would remember my name, right? And I say, no, I don't want people to think that way. But I'm asking you, don't judge me, because my brain, I don't know. See, just be thankful that God gave you a good enough brain to remember those names. Because you know what? You didn't make your brain. God gave you that capacity. And he just didn't give it to me. But you know what's worse? Uh, because I study and go over and over, over again for many years, I, Hawaiian history, I can, people say I'm like an encyclopedia. So if you can do that, you can remember my name. Right? But it's repeated, repeated, and, you know, I've done it for, you know, 27 years teaching it, not only researching more than, you know, 35 years, but, you know, or so. But it's, you know, that is repeated, so, you know, I, I remember that. 
But again, see, so we don't judge one another because I wouldn't do that, or if I was, you know, or if you really cared, you would do this, okay? Because we just don't know them, and we cannot be proud of our capacity to remember or to do things and so on, because maybe if we had their brain, we wouldn't be able to do that. And you know what? They have their good area. We have our area. So we, we don't judge. Yeah? It's just a blessing from God, our, our giftings that we have. So, again, do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. And the standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. By our choice, because we're not choosing to do it God's way. And so, you know what it says? The, the Bible says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. When we're doing it His way, His will, His kingdom or His, you know, can be here right on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. When we do things His will be done, His way, we can experience the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. It's our choice. But if we judge like that, then we're not going to be experiencing it because we're going to be like this. Because really what that is is pride to in us. And we're, then we're tied to that instead of just being based on God's love for us. We're, we're tied to the world. You make me feel bad, so I get angry at you. Or I'm so good and you're so bad. And we're going to go up and down, up and down, up and down with the world because we're not. Our, our foundation our, of our self-worth, of who we are, of our identity, is not in what you think of me. It's in his love for me. That the King of kings and Lord of lords thinks I'm worthy enough to send his son to die for me and to adopt me into his family so I can be with him forever because he loved me. And if our identity isn't that, then it won't affect us and we won't be like the waves going back and forth with what people think about us. It can hurt what they say, but it's not going to affect our foundation. We're on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and his love for us our identity, who we are, our self-worth is in Him. And then we can love one another truly. It'll all just flow out of knowing we're loved and we're okay and say, oh, wow, hurt people hurt people and that person is hurt. So we feel compassion instead of, you can't treat me that way. You can't do that to me. You see? And the more we do that, the more mature in Christ we are. Okay, so as the worship team comes up for our last song, let's pray. Father, help us to know more and more your love for us. And how valuable we are to you. And how now we identify with you as your children. We're now princes and princesses in the house of the King of kings and Lord of lords who loved us and wanted us with him so much that he sacrificed his own son. I mean, beaten, tortured, called names, picked on, spit on, crowns of swords on, and even mocked dying on the cross. And he just said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's your love for us that you did for us. And that we can remember, and, and when the world gets us down, and we feel like, oh, wow, I'm not good, or I'm angry or upset at what someone says about me, 
that we remember and come back to know who we are, who we are in you, whose we are, and our foundation of our self-confidence is in you, of our self-worth, of our identity is in you, so that we can love, because those poor people don't know your love, and that's why we want to share your love so they can know your love too. And what a wonderful world this would be when everybody understands and has their foundation in your love that we may love one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand.